We've not been in this exact place before, and we don't have a roadmap. So being able to manage and be creative through those kinds of changes, you need to have the capacity as an individual to be able to do that. And as opposed to running around like, oh my gosh, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. That's Dr. Christina Boyd-Smith, corporate rebel, executive and professional coach. She's helped many people in their companies improve, and she joins us to help make us better, particularly for building the capacity for change. I'm Jason Montag. And I'm Cream Pepito. This is episode 103 of the Hashtag Midwest Executive Stories podcast. Hello again, Cream. How you doing? Good. Hi, Jason. We have an interesting executive story to, uh, this month with someone that it sounds like you've been acquainted with in the past. Yes, I've worked with Christina in the past. Christina is a Minneapolis-based executive coach and has worked with professionals in various stages of their careers. I've been looking forward to really sharing this with our listeners. Well, it's almost hard to believe all that's been happening in the world in 2020. It's pretty crazy. I know you took a small divergence away from our focus on Christina's personal story to talk about leadership courage. Um, Given the social unrest in her hometown of Minneapolis, I know that's awfully close to home for her. Um, This is obviously really important to Christina, but it's also important to you and I, our companies, communities here in the Midwest. Right. We did not get a chance to really dig deep into her personal as well as professional background, but I think our listeners will really find this conversation valuable. Yep. So let's start talking about leadership courage. Sounds good. Christina, welcome to Hashtag Midwest. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. We've known each other for quite some time. And we've had a lot of good conversations in the past, but the conversation that's really prevailing right now, whether it's in our communities and social media, in the corporate setting, there's what's going on with racism. Right. And I thought I want to talk to you about George Floyd, especially because you're from Minnesota. What is it like right there, right now? You know, we live in a neighborhood where we were pretty close to a lot of the things that were happening in response. And it's really like minute to minute, like anything with the pandemic and everything else, right? It's really minute to minute. And um, there's a lot of really great stuff happening, right? It's actually kind of amazing to me when we are motivated that we can make changes fairly rapidly, Now, not everything's going to change rapidly, maybe not as rapidly as a lot of people would hope, but I am feeling very encouraged by just to see the way that our community in Minnesota shows up. And I'm I'm hoping we're going to see continued monumental changes over time. And in your professional capacity as a coach, do you think there is a new kind of leadership emerging in all of this? So first of all, in the world of leadership, I hold that everyone's a leader, that you do not need to have um, an official title as vice president or director or manager in order to be a leader. You can be a leader from your chair in a room. So we've seen in Minnesota restaurants where the owners of this restaurant who are right in the heart of the protests started 
gathering food and meeting the needs of the community. And over time, they, in their position as restaurant owners, became major leaders in reconstruction, supporting the community, funneling resources to people in need. And so that's a really great example of how leadership is just simply born out of your own passions and commitments. The other thing that I think if we think about leadership, um, you know, there's been a lot of emphasis on growing capacity of leaders within our young people. Um, particularly people with diverse backgrounds, people of different races, right, of really bringing up leadership. And so I think a lot of young people are finding themselves with a bigger platform, more opportunity to be heard, um, you know, like more opportunities to step up and be involved in creating change. And so I think the elements of leadership are probably very similar. And I think there are new voices emerging in our society. So you sent out emails every so often. Every week, actually. One of the emails you sent uh, suggested several resources to help educate us about, about this issue. And um, you mentioned Imram Gendi and Brene Brown. So I actually Googled Brene Brown because I wasn't familiar of her before this. And I'm going to read this ver- verbatim. Courage is contagious. Every time we choose courage, we make everyone around us a little better and the world a little braver. So I wanted to mention that because when we talked about diversity, ensuring that everyone is heard, um, especially in the corporate setting, and we're talking about it not necessarily because it's good business and it, it may be good business, but it, because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. And I feel and I'm sensing that people have more courage to talk about this more more openly than in the past. So I'm really glad that you brought up courage. Take the corporate responses to George Floyd, for example. Ben and Jerry's came out with a really strong statement. They minced no words. They were very clear about where they stand on this issue, and they did it because they are a company that has, since their origin, been based on values, mission, and it takes a lot of courage to be able to step up. And they were probably one of the first ones to come up with such a strong statement. But there are also individuals who can step up and say, what um, you know that they want certain things from their company if they don't see the kind of responses that they want, uh, whether that's on issues of racism or other kinds of issues of inclusion or employee rights or whatever it is, and it takes a tremendous amount of courage, right? So. I'm a white person. And so to be a white person who speaks up in a group of white, exclusively white people on behalf of issues of racism, you have to be willing to risk not being liked, being uncomfortable. You know, you have to be willing to risk those things. And it takes courage. And that courage is available at all levels of organizations. As you encounter this in your coaching practice, do you feel a need for more courage? There's always room for more courage. How does someone develop that? Sometimes people come to courage simply because they're fed up. They've dealt with, um, you know, an injustice uh, for generations. So that can be, you know, a place where courage is born. I also think it can come from, you know, conscious decision making to get really clear about your own values, what's important to you. Right. I do think that leadership requires us to do our own work. You have to be able to look at the things that get in your way. So 
the fear of not being liked, the fear that you might offend someone, being able to develop your own ability to uh, address the things that get in your way as a leader are the kinds of things that also help you breed courage. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. And as we mentioned earlier, your brand is called Corporate Rebel. Tell us a little bit about that. That sounds courageous to me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, I think one of the things that happens in the business world is people get worn down. If you work in a big company, you get worn down by bureaucracy. You get worn down by, um, you know, do more with less. You get worn down by, you know, checking your email until late at night. You get worn down by changing priorities where you think you're supposed to be operating a certain way. And then you come in and you discover that, in fact, that's now a 180 and you have to trash everything you were working on and start over. Mm -hmm. So I'm a classic corporate burnout story, right? I burned out and I left. I became a coach and there's a whole story behind that. But corporate people started hiring me. And when you and I first worked together, I thought my job was to help people leave corporate. (laughs) And I did not leave. No, neither did any of the people that I worked with. And so what I discovered, when I help people become a more authentic version of themselves at work and outside of work, focusing my attention on how do people show up with courage and leadership Within their jobs, I was shocked that like, as people became more authentic, they got happier in their corporate jobs. Mm -hmm. And then I realized that there's so much fantastic stuff that happens within corporations and empowering the people within those corporations to be able to create change in our society. Courage and leadership is a timely conversation, really, any time of day. The conversation on racism is timely, but also late. It is unfortunate that we are still talking about this right now. But my hope is that as leaders, ourselves, our listeners, bring more courage into work and into the way we lead, that we can eventually change this. I think you're right, Cream. Courage is clearly needed all the time, but 2020 seems to have provided ample opportunity for us all. Kareem, as you talked about courage, you started pivoting into how courage also plays a role to be empowered and authentic in the workplace. I think what we often see in the workplace is sometimes people either aren't allowed to bring their whole selves to work, maybe in their culture, or sometimes it's their own personal wall they've put up that is really um, not allowing them to be themselves. What keeps people from being empowered, being authentic at work? I'll tell a story about this particular client. He had beliefs about who you have to be to be successful in the corporate world, how you have to dress, how you have to show up, right? The kind of person that you have to be to be successful. And the fact of the matter is he was incredibly creative. Like he had all of these amazing, fun ideas for how to empower a team. But what was happening was literally on his drive into work, he would imagine this wall, this place where he would turn off certain aspects of himself in order to be the person he thought he needed to be to be successful at work. Mm -hmm. And what was happening was he was angry. His team was stressed out. 
any fun, our coaching sessions, we were liberating him from this wall and helping him bring all aspects of himself to the office. And then when we were done in six months, his boss said, I don't know what you all did, but like his team is happy. He's like showing up in this really productive way simply because we liberated the most creative parts of himself. He became not only like healthier and happier in his own life, he was also a better employee. He he had more to contribute to his company as a result. Right. I mean, Cream, you have your own story about this, right? Of the kinds of things that you got involved in outside of work that fed you inside of work that has led to your increasing promote. I mean, you've been promoted to the high high levels of leadership as a result of bringing all parts of yourself together. Right, right. Sometimes we look to traditional channels for more responsibility, but really you have a bigger circle around you that you can rely on, right? There's that community. There's the different fundraisers that that I run where I realize that, hey, I can actually run a team before I run an actual team. Right. They all, all these experiences uh, feed into each other, right? And makes you a better person. And recognizing that, that there's not really that separation between your outside self and your work self. That's right. And I think we run into, you know, trouble when we're trying to separate who we are outside of work with who we are inside of work. And, you know, to just toot your horn a little bit more cream, right? You really, you really leaned into a lot of the things that you're really passionate about, right? You leaned into, um, you know, some of the things that have to do with the Filipino community, you leaned into your yoga, you leaned into dance, and by bringing in things that fed your soul and nourished you, you also stepped into greater leadership positions within those places outside of work, which then developed your skills and allowed you to step into greater leadership skills inside of work, right? Right. And I want to say one other thing that you have to develop yourself to be able to deal with increasing complexity. Your emotional intelligence has to grow. Your ability to deal with uncertainty has to grow. You develop that capacity in yourself. And then you're ready for another leap, right? And so then you get promoted to manager. And then there are things you have to grow in yourself. And so it's this constant kind of toggling back and forth of like, you grow as a person and your roles and responsibility grows. Jason, in in my personal and professional experience, Development really comes in many ways, right? Sometimes our experiences seem disconnected, but really they feed into each other. And that resulting richness and the diversity of our experiences is what develops in us the capacity to deal with increasing complexity and ambiguity at work. Complexity, ambiguity, and change. Uh, Heading into the last segment for today, we've all been handed a whole lot of change in 2020. Unprecedented change. And fortunately, Christina's business is built on helping people work through change. Right. And we are tested every day. Right. We talk about this, this change with a conversation about racism and the courage that leaders bring, bring to the table. And everyone being a leader really has the opportunity to do that. But there are also changes that we're dealing with that, that are not our choice, right? Like COVID-19, having to work from home, unprecedented. You know, and I think this is great. I, I, I think the language I used was like small change, large change, and monumental change. There's constant change, right? If you have children, 
who they are at 18 months is not who they are at 16. And then there's all sorts of stuff in between, right? If you, you know, you change locations, you change jobs. And so there are small changes that you manage, like, um, you know, there's a new compensation system or, um, you know, yeah, my child is who was 18 months is now two and a half. And that's different. Moving, I would put maybe in a large change, right? If you're changing cities and changing communities, that probably goes into a large change Um, or large changes within a company. Like you get a new CEO or you get a new leader, right? People are dealing with those kinds of changes all the time. And then there's monumental change. And that's exactly what you're describing, right? It's a complete shift in our society. They require a level of creativity because we've not been in this in this exact place before and we don't have a roadmap. Right. And so um, being able to manage through and be creative through those kinds of changes, you need to have the capacity as an individual to be able to do that. And as opposed to running around being like, oh my gosh, the sky is falling, the sky is falling, Right. Right, right. That's amazing. And that's probably when we need a coach, right? I would say yes. And it and, and it probably depends on individuals, right? And so I think that you have that opportunity to develop your capacity to be with change at any one of these levels. It's like everything I've did before becoming a coach has contributed to my success as a coach, right? My PhD in communication makes me an excellent communicator. My experience in the business world, um, very early on in my career as a coach, when I said business people kept hiring me and I'm like, why are they hiring me? Because I'm pissed off at the business world. So why are they hiring me? So I finally asked this group of women, I said, why, why do you like me? And they were like, because you get us. And so everything has come into play in what I'm doing now. And so for people who are considering making a change, I just want to say, like, you know that um, you're not leaving any part of what you've done professionally behind. Mm -hmm. It's all going with you and it'll become um, part of some amazing new new reality for yourself. Yep. Christina, it's been a real pleasure having you on the show. It's always great talking with you. Sometimes I I realize uh, my own thoughts through you. So thank you for that. And this is no exception. You're welcome. Um, You know, my goal as a coach is always to help you realize your own thoughts through talking to me. (laughs) My takeaway is that we can both be agents of change while at the same time developing that capacity for change in ourselves. Absolutely. Kareem, let's wrap up episode 103 of Hashtag Midwest Executive Stories podcast. This show is produced and edited by Andy Azinger. Like us, let Azinger Media Production amplify your brand voice. Our show theme music was composed and performed by Mr. Todd Dunst. You can find them both on LinkedIn. And find us at hashtag Midwest.com. Listen to previous episodes, leave us story ideas, or just let us know how we're doing. And you can download us and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platforms. Until next time, I'm Cream Pepito. And I'm Jason Montag. Take care, everyone. <laughs>